You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters closer to the stars. And yes, this is episode 434 of the Columbia Calling podcast. This week's very special guest is Ole Ryder Bergum. He is the outgoing forests and climate expert at the Royal Norwegian Embassy here in Colombia. So he's been at the forefront of all the efforts to help quell deforestation in Colombia. So he'll talk to us as one of his last, I would imagine, interviews in his role here in Colombia before he heads off to a new uh, portfolio there in Africa. So a great pleasure to have him on the show. Uh, yes, we're back. We're back from the UK. It was a month and a half over there. And now we're back to the grind here in Colombia. And it's good to be back, although it was very good to visit back the motherland after three and a half years without visiting. Well, obvious reasons for that one. Um, the Columbia Calling Podcast, as you know, is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. And this episode is brought to you by BNB Colombia Tours, experts in custom-made travel throughout Colombia. The team at BNB Colombia Tours can provide you with fantastic private experiences, creating wonderful memories of Colombia for a lifetime. Check out the website at bnbcolombia.com, complete the free itinerary form, and tell them that Colombia Calling sent you for, to receive a further 5% off their already great prices. So yes, some great great offers there from our sponsors Columbia Calling, that's Latin News and BNB Columbia Tours. So please look at them and of course help us out at uh, Columbia Calling. You can sign up at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com uh, forward slash Columbia Calling and throw a couple of dollars a month at us and help us become more economically viable and sustainable here anyway. And you're helping out myself and not only myself but also Emily Hart. Thank you so much for listening, and bye-bye for now. And we're back. This is episode 434 of the Columbia Calling Podcast. I'm Richard McCall. This will be the last episode here from London. I'll be back next week in Columbia, back in Bogota, where I think it's raining a lot uh, but yes, episode 434, my very special guest is Ole Ryder Bergum. Those of you who read the press about Colombia will know his name. It will be very familiar. He's the Councillor for Climate and Forests at the Royal Norwegian Embassy in Bogota. And very, well, so much work going on. So uh, welcome on the Columbia Calling podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. And I believe congratulations are in order because you have a new posting. Sadly, you'll be leaving Colombia, but you're off to Uganda. 
Yes. Wow. In a week's time. In a week's time. And so, if you go to Uganda, does that mean you deal with other uh, countries in the region as well? That is correct. I will also oh. deal with uh, some of the other countries in the regions, okay. uh, among them Rwanda, Burundi. Yeah. Oh, so, Rwanda. So Rwanda, where they're going to give the rights in the national forests for drilling. Uh, well, uh, there are a number of issues that uh, <laughs> we can deal with at the later stage. Yeah, you, yeah. I guess you have to be very, very diplomatic <laughs> at this moment in time. I have read, is what I will say, I have read that there are plans to allow and to permit licenses for uh, drilling and exploration in, is it the Bewindi Impenetrable Forest around there? But I can't remember. Yes, yeah. yes, that's true. And there's also an issue... Uh, in the Virunga National Park oh, yeah. in uh, DRC. Okay. Uh, so uh, there are a number of of uh, issues uh, being discussed these days yeah, regarding certainly. extraction of oil, in particular, from uh, from protected areas in Africa. Wow. So he... um, the, you go uh, from you go from one complex situation to another complex situation, uh, and I admire you for that because this is a definitely a hot topic of course it is now for how long have you been here in colombia then working on the, the, this this topic i've been in colombia for four years okay and eight right. months four years so you, not uh, that you're counting then it's not counting. <laughs> so tell us tell us a little bit about it because you i mean you your name pops up a lot because you're doing plenty of projects all around the country now, I want to put things into context. If we were to read about, you know, if we were to read from the independent media, the independent press about Colombia, we would think or we'd know that there's deforestation is massive. It's strafing the country. But if we were to read only what President Duque says, he seems to have stopped all deforestation and Colombia is... The, you know, it's, it's almost like Ponglos. It's the best of all possible worlds. Can you give us a more balanced or a more, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just get an accurate overview of what's happening in Colombia when it turn, comes to deforestation. Well, uh, if I can give you an accurate or a, <laughs> a precise analysis of the situation, uh, perhaps I'm not the right one to do that, but I can give you some of my views on the situation. Go I think. For it. Uh, we've been working in Colombia on these issues and on other issues in particular, the implementation of the, the peace accord, uh, mm -hmm. for a number of years now, uh, facilitating different processes and in recent years also becoming one of the most important donors. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2021, we were the second biggest donor, uh, overall after the U S mm -hmm. So it was US, us, and then other donors. Uh, I'm not then talking about only environmental funds, but also peace and reconciliation funds, human rights, etc. Mm -hmm. So, so we are engaged in uh, um, a number of different areas, uh, also ge geographic regions of Colombia. Uh, I'm responsible for the uh, forest and climate portfolio. So we focus our work in the Amazon, uh, but that does not mean that we don't have activities in other parts of the country, uh, such as the Pacific region. Mm -hmm. um, 
but our our focus is still on the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, the situation is is complicated. It's still complicated, unfortunately. Uh, many reasons for that. We had a reduction in deforestation some years back. Um, since then, it's gone up and down. Unfortunately, the last figures uh, that was just released, the official figures, um, told us that we had uh, an increase, a uh, slight increase in 2021 in deforestation, which, of course, was a di- disappointment. We we hoped that we... Uh, that we could see a, a small reduction in deforestation in 2021. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Many reasons for that. Uh, you can't only blame the government. Uh, you can't only blame uh, illegal actors in the regions uh, where we, you find most of the intact forest. It's 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 also depends on the region. In some regions, uh, you see the. Land grabbing is, is one of the main uh, reasons bef- behind reforestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in cattle ranching and in other regions, it's it's illegal mining. So it's it's uh, to generalize, it's, it's difficult in such a big and complex country as Colombia. But uh, the fact still remains that we have an increase in deforestation still, mm-hmm. and we have a deforestation. Uh, that in 2021 reached 174,000 hectares, uh, which is uh, almost the same as equivalent to the extension of Bogota, right? Mm -hmm. So you're losing a Bogota forest extension every year. Um, That is, is of course, uh, very unfortunate uh, and deeply disappointing, I suppose, for all parties, the government as well. Uh, uh, I think um, efforts have been done by this government to try to um, halt deforestation and uh, the loss of natural forests. But uh, the approach that has been chosen so far has not uh, uh, produced uh, expected results from the government point of view. Uh, We... uh, we have an agreement with the government, uh, together with the UK and Germany, as called a so-called uh, Joint Declaration of Intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was signed in 2019. The first Declaration of Intent was signed in 2015 uh, to um, halt the loss of natural forests and, and, and stimulate uh, sustainable development mm-hmm. in uh, the forested areas of Colombia. Uh, that has been uh, it's, it's, it's not, not the government policy it's, not, it's a state policy it's become a state policy to continue this work of reducing deforestation we started with the Santos government now we continued with the Duke government and we look forward to work with the, with the Petros government so but of course each government has their their approach we might agree or disagree with some of the the lines of work or priorities of each government. Uh, and I think we have voiced uh, in, in different fora, in different formats, our agreement or disagreement with, uh, with uh, the decisions that have been made. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we have, in, according to this declaration of intent, uh, we were supposed to reach 155,000 hectares uh, this year. 
mm. uh, when it comes to the deforestation rate. That will not happen, uh, which uh, is uh, unfortunate because this is, you know, we, we have a payment for result uh, mechanism going mm -hmm. on. So uh, the second modality of that uh, payment for result uh, framework is payment for reduced deforestation at the national level. So if we don't see a sustained reduction in deforestation, we won't be able to make uh, major payments either. So uh, the next milestone is in 2025, uh, when the government has, um, according to the 2019 agreement, uh, the government of Colombia, Colombia will do its uh, utmost to reach 100,000 hectares. Still, reaching 100,000 hectares isn't a great victory because it's, it's still a huge swath of land mm -hmm. as enormous extensions of forest that is being lost every year. But you have to be a realist in this business if uh, you can't expect the country to reach zero deforestation in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. the, the, the next milestone is 2030. Uh, when the country uh, has uh, committed to reach zero deforestation. Uh, that's according to an international uh, agreement that was signed, the New York Declaration, um, back in 2012, I think, uh, when not only Colombia, but also countries, other countries committed to this very ambitious goal. Um, it's, uh, we are in, uh, in Colombia and in other partner countries, uh, we're not here for a short haul. We're here for four years. Mm -hmm. So, and we are very aware that this is high risk business, mm -hmm. uh, especially the kind of modality we have chosen, which is payment for results, mm -hmm. uh, when we only pay when we have concrete results. So, so we have patience. But of course, it makes us impatient to see that deforestation is increasing. Uh, and we point that also out in our discussions with the government in a frank and open manner. Uh, and they are very well of the consequences of, of uh, unfortunately, not make, reaching the, um, the goals that have been set. And uh, we will, of course, work very closely with the new government to uh, see if... Uh, we managed to reach the other milestones and other goals in the Joint Declaration of Intent so that we can trigger these payments mm -hmm. and contribute to reduce deforestation uh, and thereby reduce emissions from deforestation in Colombia. As I have to ask, so, it, it, so 2021 or 2022 was the uh, milestone, 2022... Mm -hmm. We had to get the Colombian government had to get it down to 155,000 hectares. That's the deforestation, but it was at 174,000 hectares. So this does not trigger the payment. The, this payment that you say is like payment for results. It mm -hmm. comes. It comes from Norway, I, I suppose. Is it, or, or is it Norway, the UK, Germany? And, yeah. and 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 where does the money go? Like if if uh, if uh, Colombia had been successful um, and got the the figure down to one hundred fifty five thousand hectares, how do you distribute this money? 
Well, we have uh, agreed on uh, on channeling these funds into specific mechanisms okay. that are designed to uh, make investments in mainly in the territories. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the territories. We're talking about the, the areas uh, most heavily affected by deforestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mechanism that I'm personally most happy with is the the Amazon Vision, uh-huh. uh, which is operating in uh, in the Amazon, as <laughs> as, uh, as the the name can signal, uh, and which special uh, focus on the arc of deforestation in the Amazon. That's that is to say that you make investments in those areas where you see most of the deforestation. So uh, and try to stop and reverse mm-hmm. what is happening. Mm-hmm. So that's we have two main mechanisms that have been agreed with the government. Now we have a new government coming in. They might decide to invest the money that they rightfully have earned because of their own efforts or the efforts of previous governments uh, and decide to distribute the resources in a different manner. But I have to add that we, in addition, we do fund quite substantial activities of the civil society, um, which is the other big leg. It doesn't; it's not visibilized in the joint declaration of intent, but it's it's just as important. And I often often say it's even more important than than some of these uh, big mechanisms because through the, the civil society we can reach uh, communities and regions. Mm-hmm where the, the government and the government entities have limited access due to the security situation or, or local factors that um, impede the, mm. the, the government agencies to operate in a, in a fully satisfactory manner. So, so and, and I got, yeah, and back to this thing, that, but because the government didn't make the, 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 the figure, they don't get the payment. Exactly. So, so this government didn't get this this payment. Uh, I guess we're starting again in from August the ninth, the seventh, when Petro gets in, and he's aiming for twenty twenty five for the next payment. According to the current uh, agreement we have, the Joint Declaration of Intent, which has uh, which lasts until twenty twenty five. Okay. So it goes across the 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 electoral borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government borders. It's it's going well into his uh, his presidency. Yeah. Um, we we have agreed in this this uh, agreement, if we can call it that, uh, what they are going to be paid for and when. Mm. We don't only pay for reduced deforestation. We also pay for what we call the milestones, political milestones, mm-hmm. or implementation milestones, which could, for example, be number of hectares that are restored mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's detailed in our agreement so this is this is open information everybody can go just go to our website and you can find both the joint declaration of intent and annexes and the implementation reports of the government so this is this is open to the public mm-hmm. uh, but of course uh, as you say the the disbursements will not be halted completely because this government has also managed to to implement uh, measures and taken 
uh, taken steps to 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 fulfill parts of the agreement when I when I'm talking about the political milestones and the implementation milestones. Mm-hmm. Where the big money is is related to reduce deforestation. So okay. of the three hundred and ten million dollars that we promised under the joint declaration, two hundred and sixty of those are linked to reduce deforestation. So if we don't have uh, a reduction in deforestation, uh, sustained reduction over several years, those 260 million will not be, unfortunately, not be dispersed. Uh, and there are also other similar mechanisms that can, might also be affected uh, because of this situation, which is not uh, linked to, the, to our agreement, but to, to other frameworks that are also result-based. So it's we're talking about more than two hundred sixty million dollars that that might not be that might not be dispersed if uh, if we don't manage to see a, a reverse trend well, in the years to come. It's a significant amount of money, and especially for you know projects of this type. And when the money is disimbursed into, let's say, you you work, you know, the Amazon. Do you have a say in what kind of projects, sort of sustainable projects or, or socially based projects? Does, does the uh, mission of intent have a say? Is that I, I think we should be supporting these, or it's a Colombian government decision at the end? Well, when it comes to the Amazon vision and also the, the other main mechanism, we do have uh, an ability to. Uh, to, to discuss and uh, have a say when it comes to okay. how the the money is being spent, mm-hmm. but uh, again, uh, this is this is funding that is as that the government has kind of earned because mm-hmm. of their own efforts. Mm-hmm. So we we of course we won't uh, have unreasonable uh, views on what it should be spent on. We voice our views and we discuss it with the government, and we we reach a conclusion. With that's that's never been a problem, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is more important for us than our views is what uh, people in the regions think about how the money are being spent. Yeah. So that is what is important for us, for in particular the indigenous communities. So the and this uh, this is this is something that we always focus on uh, not that much what we believe is the right or a wrong thing to do but more what the communities uh, feel that is the right or wrong thing to do uh, and uh, so that is that is of crucial importance for us um, yeah I think try not to be too difficult. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's important, and and actually, this is something that we've seen more from. Well, it, it gives more hope, I suspect, from the incoming government and their desire to include traditional indigenous communities and Afro-Colombian communities in the debates around their own, you know, the historic territories. There, uh, so this is. That that it's already been done, but sort of behind the scenes is a very positive thing altogether. Well, I think we should should sort of roll back. I got so so caught up in the money side of things. Of course, it's uh, it, it because it is fascinating. I didn't know about this, and I didn't know. But I mean, I read an I read a report last year or the year before by Crisis Group, uh, uh, yeah. Bram 
uh, Bram Abus did the did the piece on the sort of main causes for deforestation, and the top one that came in was cattle farming, and then yeah. the others were kind of mixed up after that illegal mining. Uh, you know, sort of, I, I guess, illegal timber forestry and so on and so forth. Uh, what did you? What have you found in your time? Would you say that it's um, that the, the main thing is sort of a dispossession of lands and displacement of communities for then uh, cattle farming? Is that the major problem that we have? I, I, I read the the report of Bram, which is a, an incredible uh, journalist and a researcher. I, I really admire his work very much. Very brave, very brave guy as well. Uh, uh, so, uh, and I, I really found it fascinating to see how how quickly he understood the dynamics. Mm. Uh, but of course, he is very well versed and familiar with uh, uh, how the illegal uh, crime or the the, the, the organized crime organizations. Uh, operate in Colombia, and that's what we're talking about here uh, in Colombia. Uh, much, if not most, of what is happening in the field of deforestation is linked directly or indirectly to uh, either armed groups or and or organized criminal networks, uh, networks that even operate across the borders. Mm. Um, uh, and that have a capacity to move money and resources uh, not only inside Colombia uh, but also across borders and also to other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So, so these we're talking about very, uh, in many cases, not in all cases, but in many cases, very advanced uh, criminal networks that are behind uh, the large-scale deforestation. Uh, then you have these different drivers that you mentioned, um, and yeah, again, it's it's we're talking about uh, uh, schemes that are mainly geared towards land grabbing, mm-hmm. controlling land, uh, long-term perspective, controlling huge swaths of land for economic and strategic purposes. Um, and then you have the nexus between the the crime, the legal uh, networks uh, that are operating some of these schemes or that are behind the, the deforestation in, in many parts of the country, and uh, legal activities. Uh, business people, uh, politicians, uh, People working in some of the government authority or agencies uh, that are linked to what is happening, and in some cases uh, benefit greatly from their links with these illegal actors. So, and then of course you have small-scale uh, deforestation as well, linked mm-hmm. to uh, uh, farmers. Mm-hmm. Moving deeper and deeper into the forest, mm-hmm. yeah, you have that phenomenon as well. Uh, you have deforestation linked to uh, building of roads, mm-hmm. infrastructure, mm-hmm. which is significant mm-hmm. because these roads open up new areas to large-scale deforestation mm-hmm. 
you can see that in, in many parts of the arc of deforestation, in, even inside the Chiribiquete, you see illegal roads sort of being built uh, and maintained. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a complex material. Uh, again, I, I would recommend people to read Brad, Brad's uh, report because mm-hmm. I think it gives a very good uh, insight into some of the, the problems as, as, as we also see them. And I, I very much agree with, uh, uh, with this analysis. Um, it's what we are seeing is a, a, a is very much linked to the state's uh, ability, inability to control territories uh, and the unfortunate trend towards losing territorial control in parts of the country. Um, so. Uh, I, you, you can't work with deforestation or sustainable development in these regions without taking that very important fact into consideration. It's very difficult to do sustainable development or work on sustainable development in regions where you have no effective state control. But uh, the public authorities are uh, even absent in, in, in many cases uh, and where the armed forces are the only visible uh, state presence. Mm. So uh, I think we, I, I always emphasize the importance of um, of having the full presence of the state, not only the armed forces, but people living in these regions need to feel that they are citizens, mm-hmm. uh, that they have the same benefits uh, and rights and privileges as people living in Bogotá, Cali, and Pereira, Cartagena, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and feel that somebody uh, is there for them, and the state is there for them, because now the, they are, they might be very interested in in, uh, in moving into legal businesses, and in most cases, um, uh, people do not want to engage in illegal activities. But if if you have an, uh, uh, an illegal armed group mm, running around in your neighborhood, uh, and you have no state. Uh, helping them to helping you to stay away from these people because they are harassing you and forcing you to into legal business you don't really have much choice do you so i think that is that is a it's a huge problem and and if if uh, that will be uh, as it was for the duke government as it was for the santos government it will be a huge challenge to um secure territorial control and uh, state presence mm. in these regions. If if we don't see that, we won't uh, we won't see a sustained reduction in deforestation either. Mm. It's uh, and the sustainability of what we are doing is also very low. If mm. if we are not able to move around freely, mm. and uh, if if people are harassed or or, or really obeying an illegal actor um, instead of, of focusing on, on creating a, a sustainable and legal future in the regions where they live. So that's, that's, I think that is, that is something you always have to keep in mind when working on development in Colombia. Um, very difficult to do that in a, in a, on a long-term basis, on a sustainable basis, when you have these regions that are, that are not controlled by the, by the state.
Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is obviously is a hundred. I mean, I agree with a hundred percent, and it's very much in line, of course, with uh, items written up in the peace agreement, of which, of course, Norway is a, a guarantor of this. Uh, wasn't it Dag? Uh, I forget his name. <laughs> Dagny London. Yeah. There you go. It must be a yeah. friend of yours. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's very much in line with this, and I and, and I believe in it immensely and of course point one you know agrarian reform which brings in the whole idea as well of of, of territorial protection and security and you know, where uh, the smallholder farmer doesn't have to push further into the forest in order to produce and i mean this is when people say to you know what is the the core problem well there are many problems in colombia but i always come back to point one the agrarian reform and so much as that is there and you you went over so much in that last segment that we were talking this there's almost too much to discuss but we we went from the vast side of the illegal illegal mining illegal forestry illegal land grabs <laughs> coca cultivations you didn't mention it but it's there uh, and all of this uh, in land grabs for cattle farming and then on the other side you sort of went into that gray area where it then moved into well people who are connected to the government politicians or or then and then sort of legal businesses but making it you know without a state presence all of this will continue without any sort of transparency in the regions all of this will continue and i, I it's i i i've been to chiriviquete but up from the south i've been in guaviare meta other places in Caqueta, in the Amazon, uh, and, and sometimes you just you, you want to shake your head because you can see it from mm. the aeroplane. You know, if you when you're flying into places like this, or if you're going up river, and I do believe that projects uh, such as yours, such as the you know, Norwegian embassy and 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 government, they they. They are doing good, but it's a it's an immense battle to fight in a country so big. That's the other thing is Colombia is so big and geographically mm. impenetrable in so many yeah. places that sometimes it's like, oh, I I don't know where to start. But I guess we just have to say, you know, keep on going, keep on doing it because something has to be done. Has there ever been a moment? in your last four years and, and eight months in Colombia where you've just sort of wanted to throw up your hands and say, God, I don't know. I don't know if this is worth it. <laughs> is it I, I doubt there has been a moment, but uh, just tell me, is it, if, if there any, has there been any moment that has left you despairing? Yeah, I think there have been several moments. <laughs> okay. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the worst moments, if we should talk about the worst moments I've had, is, uh, are the moments when we have uh, lost friends. Yes. People that have been killed. Uh, uh, I've, uh, I've been in that situation for six, six times, six times since I came six to Colombia. Six people that, people that I know are. Uh, close contacts, uh, partners that have been killed because of the activities they have been doing in the in their the regions related to to environmental activities and promotion of uh, indigenous rights. Mm-hmm. So when you, those things happen, you know you you feel that this uh, this is really uh, you know this has no future. Uh, 
but then you think about what these people fought for uh, and you think from your commodity and your living in your nice bubble in Bogota and of course I, I move around in the regions as well but I don't live there mm. I'm not there on a per- permanent basis these people live there they fight there and they and they even in these cases died for what they believed in uh, and then you think no, this 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 fight has to go on, and 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 it's very important the role that we are playing from from the donor side that um, in in order to support those that are in that are really in the front line when it comes to fighting for territorial rights uh, and destruction of of, of forests and uh, and natural resources. Uh, so I think those are the moments when I've really felt down and when I've, I've kind of thought through everything and wondered if this, this is really worthwhile. Mm. But then you think about these individuals and their individual struggles and you kind of, you, you, you understand and this is, this is something you just have to continue fighting for uh, from, from, from where I am. Mm. Uh, and then... You have the moments, uh, I think it was when, uh, during Santos' government, uh, we had an overflight uh, that must have been early 2018, if I'm not wrong. Uh, and I remember from one flying over the uh, over some parts of the arc of deforestation, I could at one point see eight forest fires from one from where we were flying big forest fires eight from 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 the helicopter uh, and then you see can you understand the magnitude of the of the situation and then you kind of uh, also wonder if this is is really possible to to deal with the situation which is so uh so uh uncontrollable mm-hmm. um so that's that's perhaps uh, that was one of my first all flights of the arc of deforestation and just seeing the the size of the problem and the complexities that, that you know it's really kind of sets you back completely um, yeah but then again you you kind of breathe yeah. uh, deep take a deep breath and and again, uh, try to focus on, on on the reasons why we are here and and the long term uh, perspective. Mm. Uh, and again, back to what I said initially, this is not something that can be solved uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, but it's it's not easy to <laughs> yeah. to to kind of uh, say that when you're there in a in a helicopter or when you're in the field and you in fact see a forest fire. Uh, uh, how brutal it is! Um, yeah. I, I well, I, th- I thank you for sharing that with us because I mean to have lost to know of six people, close contacts, friends, colleagues, who have been you know, murdered uh, in in the regions for environmental reasons. It 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 cannot be easy to to recover from. Really, I mean. That this is something that will stay with you forever. Obviously, you forever. It's, uh, but and also to f- being on one of those flights and seeing eight forest fires. 
eight. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. When we, uh, okay, we, uh, I think you could talk for hours. Unfortunately, I don't want to keep you for hours or, <laughs> because I know. But I want to ask, uh, let's, let's move on a little bit and just say, how do you feel? Uh, do you feel positive for the for the the next government and their uh, you know their efforts their desires They're very much on an environmental uh, message? Uh, the you know I mean Duque obviously had an environmental message as well, but this one with with Francia Marquez as vice president and it seems like hopefully that it's you know they're keen to roll up their sleeves and get uh, get properly involved. But how do you feel from an expert's uh, perspective? Oh, of course, we are very uh, hopeful mm-hmm. that we uh, we can engage in a very constructive uh, manner with the new government. Um, seeing uh, the implementation of the peace process Mm-hmm. Uh, in connection with uh, the implementation of of the schemes uh, that we have in place in the in the, uh, in the field of uh, climate and environment uh, forests, um, so I, I think we we uh, we will have uh, a number of meetings in the months uh, ahead to adjust our cooperation to uh, the new priorities um, um, that this government come in with from um, I, I I really think we will be able to achieve important things in the years ahead um, and hopefully reach the goals that we have uh, set forth in the in the joint de- declaration if we adjust the joint declaration to the new priorities, that is, of course, something we will discuss with the new government and um, and how to spend the money, uh, how to work with the government also politically to achieve these goals. These are all things that we will uh, sit down and discuss in the, in the weeks and months ahead. Um, but I... I, I always try to be uh, an optimist uh this is a very difficult country i love colombia i came to colombia first time in 1996 and since then and i've uh, kept in touch with uh, this country and its people and and it's easy to uh, uh i'm an optimist i, I think that uh in place to to achieve a good uh, dynamic with with this new government uh uh, we've already had uh, some initial contacts with uh, some of the future government officials, and and things things look promising. Um, and we've had a good cooperation with the current government as well. I, in spite of the fact that we sometimes don't agree, <laughs> but uh, we we uh, we've had uh, fruitful and good discussions with them as well. Uh, and I'm think I'm I'm sure I'm absolutely confident that 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 will continue and hopefully improve in uh, in the years that come. Spoken like a true diplomat, um, you're very carefully worded, but very positive in the end. And uh, I'm sure we all have our uh, would with, with whichever government we worked with, there would be disagreements and agreements. I mean, I think that's I think that's par for the course. Okay, well, we'll sign off with one last thing, and I, I guess you're going to have to be careful on it. 
What was your opinion on Sir Zach Goldsmith coming over and doing his uh, his uh, flyover Chiribiketi and throwing some seeds out of the helicopter with Ivan Ivan Duque, President Duque? Uh, was it during COVID? It was during COVID. The the, the heady months. What it, it was like? It felt like a publicity stunt more than anything. <laughs> Well, I, you have to ask Zach Goldsmith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't dare to comment on, ah, on the other government's uh, <laughs> priorities and uh, corporations with uh, with this government. So, uh, but uh, oh, we work closely with the UK. I know, so I know. Uh, you have to be careful. We, uh, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't comment on that. But uh, but it's uh, now we have a new government uh, soon uh, coming into office, and I'm, I think we, I think we will all, including the the UK, will have a, a good working relationship with the with the new government. Coming I think in. so too. I think so too. Well, listen, let um, me say. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much. This is your last week in Colombia, sparing some time to give us kind of like, it feels like you gave us a nice conclusion to your stay, uh, to your period here. And and I know that my listeners will appreciate the the candor with which you spoke, and we'll be all wishing you just the very best in in Uganda. Uh, It'll be interesting as well. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you very much. Thanks for this nice conversation. Uh, we've been trying to do this for some time. Yes, so I'm yes. glad that we finally... <laughs> I'm in I'm London, you're in Barranquilla. <laughs> so, but anyway, but, so, yeah. it's been fun. I've been talking to Ole Ryder Bergum from Norway. He's the Councillor for Climate Change and Forests for the Royal Norwegian Embassy in Bogota. But uh, shortly, he'll be in Uganda. So, but keep an eye out because he's always in the press giving excellent commentary on what's going on and, of course, speaks like a true diplomat that he is. So, thank you again. We'll go over now and have some uh, messages from our sponsors. And, of course, be sure to tune in next week. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by... Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. And also, our other sponsor is BNB Colombia Tours, experts in custom-made travel throughout Colombia. The team at BNB Colombia Tours can provide you with fantastic private experiences, creating wonderful memories of Colombia for a lifetime. Check out the website at bnbcolombia.com, complete the free itinerary form, and tell them that Columbia Calling sent you to receive a further 5% off their already great prices. So that's bnbcolombia.com and of course, latinnews.com. Thank you for everyone for listening. That's us. Farewell. And of course, check back next week. Bye-bye.